Play analysis, Devin Nash be on the mic, so you know it's hella lit. Better plug your headphones in on Apple Podcasts, and we up on Spotify. Ooh, on Anchor too, no parachute, we so fly. We talking sports and music, what's the newest in that culture? Better stream, yeah, you better tune in. It ain't gonna cost ya. We talking sports and music, what's the newest? Got exclusives, yeah, we do this play by play. Follow the page, eh? If you don't know, don't worry about it. Jamal, before we begin this show, I just got to ask you, somebody that played football at the collegiate level, and more importantly, who played football in the state of Texas, I got to ask you, do you have any idea what an analyst is on a coaching staff? Like, are they really just, because in my idea, it just seems like they're just coaches and waiting in case somebody else gets hired. Honestly, uh, an analyst, it it, it sounds like a GA position. It, It sounds like someone... Who, who's a junior coach, you know, ain't a real full coach just yet, but, you know, they there when you need them. That, that's what the analyst is. I can promise you we ain't no damn analyst on a high school nor our college staff. Because, yeah, I'm like, you know, Mike Zimmer just got hired at Jackson State. You know, you get Alabama loves hiring coaches that don't really have a title. They're just consultants and analysts. And it's like usually they just seem to be coaches waiting because, you know, Nick Saban's staff is always getting pillaged. So, you know, that's what it is. But with all that being said, we are live and in color, and we're both colored here on the newest edition of the Play by Play Analysis Podcast. It's your boy Devin Ashby, SK Play by Play. If you know, you know. If you don't know, don't worry about it. And my guest this great week of August is a man who needs no introduction other than the fact that whenever he comes on, it's two things you can guarantee. It's going to be an ignorant show, and he's going to be waiting for that residual check. My boy these, Jamal. These are facts. These are 100% facts. What's up, everybody? It's boy Jay Brown, host of the one only D1 Indian Universe podcast. And in case you know, we are both colored, yes, but a color is quite literally my name. So I believe I am double colored. I fit in with the black and the brown community since it is quite literally my name. Called himself a blondie. The double chocolate chip brownie out here, if you will. You know? Double stuffed. Double stuffed. You know? We we love to see it. We love to see it. We love to see it. Now, we are here to talk about the AFC division because the NFL is officially back. You know, preseason has begun. The regular season is just a couple of weeks away. Football always creeps up on us. You know, it just it just you just you blink and summer's over and fall is here and football's kicking up. Whether you see the little kids running around with their pads on at after school practices or you really following the game at the collegiate and pro level. This season's about to be one of the craziest I can remember. I've never in my life been so excited for an NFL and college season. We're going to get to college later. But we're going to break it down into two parts. This episode is dedicated to the AFC, the more fun of the two conferences, I think. You know, full of a lot of young quarterbacks, including Jamal's favorite, who we will get to in a second. And, yeah, you know. 
But we're going to start with the AFC North because we have some breaking news. You know, Deshaun Watson in a surprise to almost nobody will basically miss all but six games of the regular season. They extended his suspension. At first, he was only going to miss game, six games. Now he's missing everything except six games. He is missing 11 games of the season. Basically because he can't keep his damn hands to himself. Well, I don't know if that's exactly what he was accused of doing, but the point is, he's got an issue. And 11 games, in my opinion, still ain't enough, but it's better than six. Uh, 11 games is a joke, honestly. Like, I feel like it's just the NFL covering their asses for them knowing he should have got more than six from the get-go. Like, dog, the, the the Browns already prepared themselves financially. They literally set his contract up where they said, look, dog, you, we, we pretty much know you're going to have to sit out this year. So we're only going to pay you a million dollars for this year. You know, you get living expenses and you, we'll see you next summer. Uh, so I don't see what the issue of this really became. Why just eleven? Because you you feel like the NFL is just trying to cover their ass because they done messed up in the past and they messed up again. Hell, Calvin Ridley got a whole year for betting for his team to win, and Deshaun Watson allegedly on the I say allegedly very loosely because if you get accused of. 24 sexual uh, uh, misconduct and you did two or three of them hoes but anyway he gets accused in only six games come on now so a man can't have comp- financial confidence in his own team but uh he can make girls touch his tablet whacker and he only gets six games come on man you know that ain't right well i will say on behalf of calvin ridley that his choice of gambling on his own team to win just seems like irresponsible money management being that he plays for the Atlanta Falcons, so and that's and that's why that should be punishment enough. That's punishment enough. Yeah, I was about to say he played for Atlanta without Matt Ryan. It's like you know how much more punishment can you get? You know, but that being said, it's like bro, you if you're the Cleveland Browns, you can't catch a break. As the fan base, specifically. You can't catch a break. It's like every year, the quarterback room just continues to rotate. You've seen that jersey with like 16, 17 names on it since 1996. And it's like, we final, and they finally thought Watson was going to be the one. But, you know, he just couldn't control. And I think the other thing, the NFL played itself. Because they, this new CBA makes it that, you know, you use an independent arbitrator to determine suspensions. The first one that they went to, Sue Robinson, basically said the reason she picked six games is based off of the NFL's own precedent. So the NFL has a track record of basically under under punishment of previous offenses of this matter. Ray Rice only got, what, six, and that was only after people raised hell about him only getting two. You had. I think, was, I think he only originally got four, and it didn't get to higher until the video popped up. Right, and then you know you had the issue with Ezekiel Elliott, where he only got six. You know, and plenty of other ones that got way less than that. And she was saying, based off of that precedent that the NFL themselves set, 
she couldn't in good faith go through with giving him more than six games because this is what the NFL did. So the NFL basically tried to use their PR team to spin this around as, oh, we want to be more stringent with our punishments, but really this is their own bed that they've made. And then the second time when they appealed it, they went to a second independent arbitrator as opposed to the NFL themselves handing the suspension down because they wanted a year and 11 games is damn close. But it still ain't a year. So this is the NFL's doing. Exactly. And if you're going to, look, if you're suspending somebody for double digit games, bro, just go ahead and give them the full season. It, it's not going to make that big a difference. Are the Browns making the playoffs without Deshaun Watson? Absolutely not. Are those last six games really going to matter? Most likely not. Just go ahead and if you just gave him the full year, I bet you majority of people would shut up. Majority of people would shut up and be like, you know what, he deserves at least a year. Right. And, and then you could have then he could have blown over and your PR team would have been happy. Exactly, exactly. And it's just like, you know, here we go again. You know, the NFL once again just showing women what they think about them. You know? Because I think if Deshaun Watson would have said he took a gamble and it just didn't work out, I think if he would have used those exact words he would have gotten a year. Because the NFL ain't going to stand for gambling. You know? they just not going to do it. That's all he had to say. That's all, that's all his lawyers had to say. He took a gamble and it didn't work out. He, he gambled with his some, some form of gambling. You know? Which is not 100% untrue. Yeah. Or Calvin Ridley, in his case, if he didn't want to get suspended a year, he should have just said, you know what? He didn't do nothing crazy like beating a woman up or anything. You know, like, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, ridiculous. I mean, honestly, if he said he beat a woman, he might have got a lesser sentence. Probably. You know? Because it's kind of weird because it's actively going on at the same time as the whole Daniel Snyder fiasco, you know, with his exploits with women. And, And so it's just, you know the owners aren't, Punish the same. They're not held to the same standards. We know this, but I mean, yeah, of course they have money. They have money. Robert Kraft was caught up in um, some massage parlors himself, and nothing happened with that. And <laughs> I, I can't believe like that whole thing blew over in like a week for Robert Kraft going to the old rubbing tug. I think it's because, and it's mainly because he owned the old rubbing tug. Oh, I didn't even know he owned it. Oh, yeah, he owned it. Mm. People was making jokes about it, myself included. But that was about it. You know, it just, it just that was about it. You know, that's all that happened. Jokes. Just like this suspension. Jokes. You know? But, speaking of jokes, the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback competition, man, I tell you. You know, the AFC North is just full of... Storylines all the way around. You got Lamar Jackson in the final year of his deal. We don't know when that deal's getting done. You got the somehow the Cincinnati Bengals are coming off of finishing as runner-ups in the Super Bowl when absolutely nobody predicted it. And then you have Miss Trubisky and Kenny Littlehands. You know, the the let's let's face it here. Um, despite. Uh, T.J. Watt, and despite Micah Fitzpatrick, the Steelers are going nowhere quickly. 
because they have basically nothing on the offensive side of the ball. You have no quarterback. Um, Juju was your number one receiver who proved he ain't ready to be no number one receiver. You let him walk to Kansas City. Um, you have a solid well, He probably danced his way over there. He was TikToking his way over to Kansas City. Hey, look, if he wants to TikTok and distract Pat Mahomes, that is all cool with me. The Steelers are no visible threat. Just this whole division, honestly, is just ripe for the taking for the Ravens. So Lamar is probably going to get an easy walk to the playoffs now. What he, what the Ravens do when they get there, that's a whole other point because they still have no true number one receiver. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. A tight end cannot be your number one receiving option unless they are a Hall of Fame talent. Now, don't get me wrong. Mark Andrews is a great tight end, a hell of a tight end. Do I think Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller level tight end? Absolutely not. He's a really good one, but he's not Hall of Fame as of now. Thus, he can't be your number one option. And yeah, you can depend on the run game, yada, yada, yada. But the second you go down by more than two scores, y'all got a problem. But yeah, to, 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 to talk about the Ravens real quick, I'm going to just tell you. There is some serious black Air Force energy going on with that team that I'm just loving it. That secondary is just full of goons. Just full of them. And when they're healthy. I mean, just, I love the Ravens, you know, and if Washington continues to bullshit their way through another season, I think I'm going to just pack my fandom up and take it up to I-95 because the Ravens, man, I, I, I just, let's just cut to it because we're not going to break down the division one team by team. I'm going to ask you, who do you like to come out of this division? Oh, it's walk through for the Ravens. They, they're, the Ravens can go nine and eight and still win this division. I think they'll be better than that just off the strength that they were like 8-9 and nine last year with basically oh, the whole oh, my, team on my, the My actual uh, schedule prediction, I'm, I'm going to give them 11-6. I'm going to give them 11-6. Yeah, I can see 11-6, 12-5, you know. You know, so yeah, I, I like the Ravens too, you know. Even if Deshaun Watson was playing for the Browns, I don't like their roster at all. He's about the best thing that him and Miles Garrett are the two best things they got going on over there because that receiver room is pitiful. Even with Amari Cooper ain't that dude anyway, and even, and without him is really shady. And then that defense is just too up and down. Pittsburgh, we don't know what the quarterback situation is. It ain't good. Kenny Little Hands and Mitch Trubisky and Mason Magaman Rudolph. I just you know, if those are your three options at quarterback, then good luck. And then the Bengals, I think they had lightning in a bottle last year, and I just don't see them repeating that this year. Like, they got a great offense and a pretty solid defense, but I just like the Ravens. I just like them better. I feel like the Bengals had to win the Super Bowl last year because this year was just going to be too difficult. The Bengals had their moment in the sun, and that time is up. I Maybe they can restructure in the next upcoming few years, but at the right now, Nah, Joe Cool, it ain't gonna be too chilly right now. Right. I mean, they're gonna be a close second. I, it's just they're not winning the division. They're just not doing it. And if they do, then I'll, I'll come back to this moment. Nine and eight. Nine. Yeah. Now moving on to other divisions, I think the AFC North, just by virtue of what we've seen over the past decade, is probably the toughest division in the AFC. But that doesn't mean it's the best. 
The best division in the AFC is out west. But we're not talking about them right now. We're going to go down south. We're going to go down to the worst division in the in the conference, the AFC South. Just putrid. It's just putrid all around. Just just disgusting. The worst number one seed in AFC conference history might have been the Tennessee Titans. And their fraud at quarterback Ryan Tannehill. Um, the, the Jaguars are the Jaguars. I mean, they hired Urban Meyer. They should be put in the G League for that alone. The Texans are a mess. They've always been a mess. They'll always be a mess. No disrespect to the Texans, though. And I don't even remember who the other team is. The Colts. Yeah, the Colts are cool. The Colts, I would say the Colts aren't doing anything bad. The Colts are just going through what most teams go through when they lose their franchise quarterback. Majority teams do not recoup their franchise quarterback immediately after having one for the better part of a decade. Exactly. When we see it, we see anomalies of it. Like, the Packers went from Hall of Fame quarterback to another Hall of Fame quarterback. That very rarely happens. Um, who, who, who else? The Colts the, the did, too, back in the day. Yes, they sir. went from Peyton yes. and Andrew. From Peyton and Andrew. That very rarely happens, and you see what they're going through now. The Chargers got very lucky because we didn't. We had zero plans after Philip Rivers, and we stumbled upon Justin Herbert. That doesn't typically happen. If you look around the league, there's just you. You can you can only name a handful of teams that immediately found their franchise quarterback. So they're doing okay. They still made the playoffs with Philly Phil on, on his last stand. Um, Matt Ryan, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It just kind of depends. You know? Yeah. Now, with that being said, like I said, this most putrid division, who do we like coming out of it? Oh, I'm, I'm giving it to the Colts. The Colts have Jonathan Taylor. They still have a solid offensive line. Their defense is okay. Darius Leonard is there to anchor it. But, Honestly, just because somebody got to come out of this division, uh, the Jaguars obviously ain't it. The Texans obviously ain't it. The Titans went ahead and traded away A.J. Brown. So now Derrick Henry going to get the ball 50 times a game. So that's only going to get you so far. It's the Colts to lose, and they would have to try really hard to lose it. You remember that meme from Beyond Scare Straight of them waking that kid up, and he's like just screaming and in the bed the one that yeah that's gonna be Derrick Henry when they tell him each game that he's gotta carry the rock 50 times you know (laughs) if I'm I'm Derrick Henry I'm telling him look I practice one day a week and it better not be with pads right 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 y'all paid Ryan Tannehill all that money two years ago just so he could still hand me the rock just to hand me the ball and throw it deep to A.J. Brown. Oh, wait, we ain't got A.J. Brown no more. You know, but they do got Robert Woods, who's pretty good, but he's a good two. And then... Robert, you mean Robert Woods, who's had um, three season, season ending injuries in the last five years? I didn't Robert, know it was the that same Robert, the, the same Robert Woods, who, who's been concussed out of two Super Bowls? Was it really? Yes! I did not know that. I had no idea. But, yes, that Robert Woods. He's the decent number two. But they, they got a team full of number twos because they got rid of their number one for nothing. Exactly. Because he still ended up getting paid the same amount as every other receiver that was looking for a deal. 
the class of the class of 2019 receiving class, whether it was Terry, DK, AJ Brown, or Debo, they all got the exact same contracts. So Tennessee basically traded him for nothing. Traded him for nothing. And by the way, as much as I love Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor has clearly surpassed him as the best running back in the league in just a few seasons. You know. I, it, that's just my personal opinion. I could be wrong, but Henry is entering that part of his career where it gets very dicey for running backs. And he's already had a heavy load. Even back since high school, this man had 400 carries. In his, I believe he had that in a season in high school, bro. What, funny part about him in high school, my first college that I actually played at, I played with his high school quarterback. And, yeah. That, see, like, yeah, you know, there's a lot going on. Just a lot going on. A lot going on in that division. But I think that the division is so bad that the Titans will just win it by default. But I don't think yeah. they're a number one seed again. So I like the Titans coming out of division at that division, but I'm not confident in that at all. Oh, absolutely. Titans 10 and 8. Right. I do think the Colts can make a wild card. I can't do man. 10 and 7. And neither can the Titans. Um, you know? <laughs> Pay Ryan Tannehill just to, to hand the ball to Derrick Henry at age 36. You're 36! You know? But, yeah, rest in peace, Teddy Rex. Um, yeah, so that division's trash. AFC East is also trash. You know, for whatever reason, that division never likes to have any type of competitive balance. There is just nothing but solid continuity. It was the Patriots for 20 years, and it looked like it's going to be the Bills for the next 20. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We, we can't just completely disrespect the Patriots. Now, agree, the Patriots are nowhere near on the level of the Bills, but it's not like them early days of the, of the AFC East where it was the Patriots and a bunch of bums. It is the Bills, who are obviously the supreme team, the Patriots that are I we we I can't I can't say too many negative things about Matt Jones. Is he bad? No. Is he great? No. Is he is he okay? Is he getting better? Absolutely. The Dolphins. Eh, I ain't got. I, I'll let you know. I have zero faith in Tua. But here's my thing yeah. with Matt Jones. I don't like him, and I really don't like the situation around him. Joe Judge and Matt Patricia are your co-offensive assistants because they're clearly not coordinators. <laughs> like They just call them plays, but it's like, what is going on in New England? I'm tired of people giving Bill Belichick the benefit of the doubt. He, What has he done since Tom Brady has left? Nothing. Nothing. Because even when they made the playoffs last year, we saw what happened. <laughs> we saw what happened. Stop. Giving them the benefit of the doubt. I get it. He's won six Super Bowls. He's been around for 20 years. He's he's literally basically a walking Hall of Famer. Like, if, if you could go in in year one, he would be in. But, it's, it's a what have you done for me lately league. And the last two years just ain't been it. They just You're ain't. right. And, look, it, the Dolphins are meh. Um, Mac Jones, We I don't see... The Patriots, I don't see making the playoffs simply because the AFC West is so stacked and yeah. somebody's gonna and I, I definitely predict two of those teams are gonna get wow gonna get those two wild card spots. Exactly, exactly. Now the Dolphins, I will say I don't trust two at all. But it's hard to fail with those weapons that he's got now, bro. You got Jalen Waddle, you got Tyreek Hill, you got Mike Jacecki at tight end. 
the O-line should be better than it was last year, just based off of some of the people they've signed. And the defense is always pretty solid. You got one of the better, more underrated secondaries in the league with Xavier Howard and, um, you know, some of the guys. Uh, what's that kid's name from Oregon? I have no idea. Javon Holland, I think. And then Byron Jones, too, like you said. But I'll tell you this. It is no secret that at Oregon, I was not very high on Justin Herbert. I I honestly did not want us to draft him because I said, put all of our money into offensive linemen and do whatever it takes to get Cam Newton at the time. Obviously, I was wrong, and I'm man enough to admit that. Oh, yeah, we all were wrong. But one thing I I was very, very adamant of from the get-go, from the get-go, was no Tua. Absolutely not. I don't trust Alabama quarterbacks, and I honestly did not think Tua was ever that good. He had a good national championship game where he came in to save Bama and bench Jalen Hurts. But the next year, what nothing special about Tua, that tank for Tua thing, yada, 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 blah, 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 just because people were dick riding an Alabama quarterback. Yeah, um, he didn't do nothing that A.J. McCarron didn't do. And no one is writing home about A.J. McCarron. Not to mention he's a left-handed quarterback. And I don't trust those at all except Michael Vick. I just don't like catching the balls from lefties. The ball spins the opposite way. It's weird. It's hard to catch. And it looks weird when they throw it. It just looks very unnatural. Very very much unnatural. Yeah. No. Ban lefties from football. I'm joking. Don't do that. Don't don't do that. (laughs) But right-hand supremacy all the way around. Right-hand supremacy. Um, but yeah, and then to make things worse for Tua, if there wasn't enough pressure on him, you got Tyreek Hill out here writing checks that I'm not sure he can cash. How he th- definitely can cash. There is no way that you know from a couple of throws in preseason, from a couple of throws in practice where it's designed that you can't really get challenged by the defense and it's install period, and all of a sudden, two of the most accurate quarterback in league history now. He more he more accurate than than Patrick Mahomes, bro. Like we know you're hurt. Just say it. Stop. Stop. Stop it. And, and it's one thing to like we get it. You want to install some confidence in your quarterback. You don't want to just come out and trash him and say, "Hey, he he ain't Pat Mahomes on to the national airwaves." But bro, it's okay to say somebody isn't Patrick Mahomes. You they say, "How does he compare?" Just say, "Look, they different. Two is good. Two is my guy." Um, I, I, I love the time I spent in Kansas City. I'll always remember catching balls from Pat. But you you don't have to try to compare the two. Like, come on, man. But bro, this wasn't, even, this wasn't even to the press. He said this unprovoked on his own podcast. That's that's what I mean. He's saying it to try to save face and, you know, make him look good for Tua. And as he should, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with what he said. Oh, it's, it's how very wrong. He said it. It's how he said it. It's, yeah. All you had to say was. All you had to say was, he's extremely accurate. I think people don't give him enough credit for his accuracy. You could have said it like that. That's it. That's all you had to say. That's all you had to say. Instead, you double down when you get on national airwaves and say, oh, yeah, no, he's, he's the most accurate quarterback in league history. In league history? In league history. Ain't no way you spent, what, six years with Pat Mahomes? No, he ain't been in the league that long. Ain't no way you spent, what, three, four years with Pat Mahomes? I think it was, I think it was four, four to five. Four years with Pat Mahomes? He's been in the league. Because he's been in the league. He was on the Chiefs before Pat Mahomes because he was definitely on the squad 
uh, squad with Alex Smith his last year. Exactly. So ain't no way you you spent time with both Alex Smith and Pat Mahomes, and two is more accurate than both of them. I I find it hard to believe he's more accurate than Alex Smith. <laughs> and first of all, Tua is way more comparable to Alex Smith than Man, Pat Mahomes. Yeah. Alex Smith wasn't anything dynamic by no reasons, but he was a game manager. He didn't lose you many games. He just couldn't win you every game. And that's Tua. He doesn't really lose many games. That's the thing. He he don't play in many either. But I mean, I, he, he ain't out there he's throwing. Never, he's not out there throwing bonehead picks. He just show sure not. Well, actually, no. There's a few terrible games he's had, but. But he's also. I also have to give him the same grace I give every quarterback. Hey, look, year one and two, you get to make young mistakes. Because, hell, quarterback is the hardest position to play and especially the hardest position to transition to from the college game to the pro game. Year one and two, look, I give dudes a slot. I give dudes a pass because I understand. Year three, year three, you evade. Year three, you have surpassed the NFL average. I don't want to hear nothing from you, but I don't want to hear nothing from you, but results. I'm a little bit different. Year two is iffy for me. It depends on the quarterback. Like, if you ain't at least showing some progression, like, you can't just have two bad years. Like, year one, yes. Year two, you got to show at least a little bit of progression. It don't necessarily mean you got to win a bunch more games, but you at least on the field got to look the part. Yeah, there there definitely has to be progression. And then, obviously, by year three, you got to be that guy. Now, some people just hit the ground running like Pat Mahomes and, and, when and Lamar Jackson. Forget, and people forget that Lamar Jackson quite literally. But people forget, yeah, every quarterback does not hop on the scene and become uh, an MVP in their first year. Peyton Manning was not. That's what I mean. Peyton Manning was not very good his first year or two right. in, in Indy. And it's okay. Sometimes guys need two to three years, which is why guys get a little leeway, especially at quarterback. Am I ready to call Zach Wilson a bus off rip? No, he he also plays for the Jets. That ain't his fault. The Jets are just awful. He's the milf hunter, so, you know, he's, the milf he's good at my book. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, yeah, we're going to move on from that because clearly we both like the Bills that come out of that division. It shouldn't be a question. I mean, out of that, uh, yeah, that division. So, Bills, 13-4, 12 and 5. Yeah. I, I, I expect them to go to the Super Bowl. Like, I'm, if anything short of a Super Bowl in, in Buffalo is, is a disappointment. But, That's yeah, like we said, there can only be one division that is the best division. And even on, whether it's on paper, whatever, I know it's just on paper, fuck that. By far, the AFC West is the class of the AFC. Clearly, because the Kansas City Chiefs already are the best team in the division, and they have been for the last four years. But your boys in San Diego, led by that man Jay Herbo, now Russell Wilson and is in the division, even though I still don't know what that's going to look like yet. And the Raiders are there. You know, they, they just stick around. They're old, faithful, old, reliable, and they got a better head coach and better weapons. And, you know, you expect things. But, bro. I'm going to defer to you being a Jay Herbo fan. And this probably comes as no surprise what I'm about to ask. Who do you like coming out of the AFC West? The LA Chargers will go roughly 12 and... Roughly 12 and... 5? 12 and 5. 12 and 5 in that 12 and 5, 11 and 6, 13 and 4 range. 
because there's a they have all the weapons in the world. They're, they're the only team that is going to beat them will be the L.A. Chargers, um, which we've seen over the years, which has been their biggest enemy over the years. Absolutely. Jay Herbo, like I said with Tua, like I say with any quarterback, this is year three. I don't, I don't want to hear young excuses. I don't want to hear none of that. It's year three. You are a vet. You've had, you've had two good years where you've gotten progressively better. The team is better. You have, you have the same amount of weapons, except your offensive line has been beefed up a little bit. Your young receivers are coming into their own. Your head coach is going to have more experience. You actually have a defense that is going to do something. And when I mean something, I mean all you all they had to do last year was, stop was, the run. Be, was be ranked 16th. If they were 15th, 16th, and they were the league average, they go to the playoffs. And, you know, in the playoffs, anything can happen because you only got to beat a team once. Right. They were the 30th ranked run defense, and I believe like 25th overall. So that meaning if the run defense gets 20, they got a good shot to make everything work. I feel that. I feel that. There are people that are picking Justin Herbert to win MVP. And I know that because I listen to him every day on SportsCenter. Because I work <laughs> And look, he's... It's crazy. Man has, he has all the tools in the world to be an MVP. And I believe he's ready to take that step. But... As I am a Chargers fan. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm a Chargers fan, but I'm also a realistic football fan. And I will say this: even though the Chiefs lost Tyreek Hill and they lost the Honey Badger, and a few things are missing, Pat Mahomes is still Pat Mahomes. Andy Reid is still considered one of the best offensive minds of all time. And look, they are the champions until they ain't the champions no more, and they have to be dethroned. Now, with that being said, it is a lot easier said than done to dethrone the Kings. So the Chiefs, if the Chiefs are everyone's favorite, even though I do not agree, I cannot be mad or blame them. I will say that the Chiefs do have a lot of weapons. And outside of Travis Kelsey, the GOAT, it's going to be hard to game plan because you don't really know what's going to be coming. I think their offense can open up a little bit now because it is not so dependent on two people. I think they, they – Juju in Kansas City I think will be a little bit better. I like Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They I don't know if they have a true number one. They got to find a true number one. But if they can figure that out, I think they'll be straight. That defense is pitiful. It's pitiful. It was pitiful last year. And it's probably gonna be worse this year. You don't play. You don't play the Chiefs against their defense. The Chiefs li- live by and hey, look. If we can get one stop when it matters, and you give us twenty seconds, that's all we need. Ben and no they way. show they don't need. They don't even need twenty um, unless you're the Bills' defensive coordinator, who should have been fired immediately after that game. Well, I don't know. Leslie Frazier was pretty good. He's a he's a, he's a brother, so I, I I don't advocate for him getting fired. No, I, that last drive was well enough yeah, because true. they were on their own 25 and played a prevent knowing they only need a field goal and kickers in this day and age are kicking 50-plus very comfortably. It is A 50-yard field goal is not out of the question for 90% of kickers in this league. If they would have just played normal defense, 
Tyreek Hill does not get to run 25 yards untouched and only take two and a half seconds off the clock. And everybody was talking about, oh, we 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 uh, we need to change overtime rules. No, the number one defense in the league can at least get one stop. No, if you if you play a whole game and you can't get one stop, that's your problem. That's your problem. As the number one fucking defense in the league. Like, that, that is your problem. You can't get one stop? The Bengals and bum-ass Eli Apple got one stop the following weekend. But y'all couldn't. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, I don't think they need a true number one receiver because they have a Hall of Fame tied in. Travis Kelsey is a Hall of Fame. Uh, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. He is the number one option. But their biggest problem over the last few years has been their personnel. Every receiver they had up until Juju was just a Tyreek Hill clone. Uh, they were just all speedy, small guys. And yeah, that works fine until it's fourth and fourth and whatever and you're throwing a jump ball to a guy who's 5'10". Their whole offense was just built around run and gun because even their running backs, you got Clyde edwards Lair and Damian Williams in, during the Super Bowl run. It's like, bro, what are you going to do with that? And, and then be mad. Yeah, we don't have a run game because you're starting running backs 5'7". Right. And that's, and that's no disrespect to smaller running backs. As a Charger fan, you know I have to love Darren Sproles, and it's not like Austin Eckler is the biggest guy in the world either. Right. But smaller guys are not full-time starting running backs. They're gadget guys. They're scat guys. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't hand in the ball off to Darren Sproles 25 times a game and say, hey, do what you got to do. We don't hand the ball off to Austin Eckler 25 times and say, do what you got to do. We hand the ball off to him, you know, 10, 11 times, and he's going to get seven, eight targets in the passing game. That's how you work with smaller running backs. But they, for some reason, think a 5'7 bowling ball built guy is the answer as their starter. And it's probably because of how good that O-line is, and they think you can just put anybody back there, which most times, yes. But at least let him be six feet tall. You know? No, it just ain't that simple. It ain't that simple? Them... The Broncos have all the potential to be good, but that's all it is until the season starts is potential. We have no idea how Russ is going to work with this team. Um, every every piece they have is good theoretically, but we ain't seen them do nothing. So as of now, they are last place in the division simply because they are just a hypothetical. We have no idea what they can actually do. I think they end up being last anyway. But I've always said potential gets you fired. Potential gets you fired. Yep. It gets you fired. It's so many people like, oh, yeah, you know, he's got great potential. And, you know, he could be a star one day in this league. And, and then three years later when their rookie contract's up, <laughs> somebody getting their walking papers. We've seen it yep. happen over and over again. And I don't know why people keep falling for it. But here we are. Now that being said, if I had to if I had to pick a winner of this division, I'ma go with old reliable, but Chargers are gonna be a tough out. I, I like the Chargers. I just know that it's the Chargers. And if it's one thing the Chargers is gonna do, it's getting their own way. Now I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong, but over the years, dog, they could have played for a tie last year. You have a hundred percent reason to be skeptical of the Chargers. If you ask any Charger fan, we are skeptical <laughs> of the Chargers. And like I said, like I said, not a few, just a few minutes ago, I 
understand why you would pick the Chiefs, and I cannot argue with it, even though I do not fully disagree. I do not fully agree. Like, like I said, out of respect for Justin Herbert, I think the Chargers is going to give him a run for their money. I'm just saying, we, you and I both have been on this podcast before, yelling and screaming about the Chargers. We, we've been here, so you know. So. I, I was recently I recently watched a TikTok and it said, "Explain to me what is the dumbest way your sports team has ever lost." And my simple comment was, "Chargers, Charger. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. You know. But and yeah. And the Raiders, the Raiders picked up some good weapons. They definitely got Devonte Adams, which is going to boost their um." Their offense, but look, I'm saying here, Josh Jacobs is overrated, uh, and Derek Carr is still your quarterback. A damn good quarterback, but is he the guy to get you to the promised land? I don't believe so. He has shown me that he cannot. He's shown me he's really good. He's shown me he's definitely a guy. He can he can definitely play. He's not a scrub, as Stephen A. would say. But you're not that guy back. I personally think that Derek Carr is a tad bit overrated. You know, um, I like him. He's not horrible. Like, if, if I could choose between him and Carson Wentz, I probably would pick him. You know, all shade. But, I just, he's been uninspiring the last several years. And I think part of it is some of the cool coaches he's had. Like, I mean, John Gruden just never should have been hired. <laughs> and I will stand. And I will die on that hill. John Gruden also never wanted him. If we be completely honest, he right. never wanted. He him. traded the whole team away. Oh, yes. also, newsflash: Darren fell. Darren, um, what's the tight end's name? Darren Fellows. Darren Waller. Waller. Darren Waller. Darren Waller is not on crack. You know, no. for whatever reason, that story comes up every year, and I'm like, we get it. He's not on crack anymore. We get it. And you, and you know what? Darren Waller is finally going to get a break. And Derek Carr is going to force feed him 20 balls a game. They finally have an actual receiver. Hunter Renthro is good, but Hunter Renthro ain't breaking nobody's board. He's surely so, at number two. Yeah, he's, he's a good fantasy receiver, though. Oh, yeah. He, he's, he is great value Cooper Cup. And there's nothing wrong with being great value Cooper Cup. Right. He is the prototypical white receiver. He's quick, shifty in space, good route runner. A solid number two next to whoever your true number one is. Yes, he should never be the best receiver on your team, but you're damn happy that he is on your team. Right. I would take Hunter Renthro on my team in a heartbeat. I think Devonta Adams is going to open so much up for both him and Darren, Darren uh, Wallet. It's going to be oh, absolutely. great. And whatever absolutely. other weapons they have on that team. You know, I think they finally got a solid team. It's just going to come down to that defense because there's just too many quarterbacks in that division for you to be trying to get in shootouts every week. And, and you know what? Their defense is suspect, I think, in their secondary especially. But when you got Max Crosby rushing that passer. And Chandler Jones. And Chandler Jones, which I don't believe in after week five of the NFL season. Mm-hmm. But Max Crosby, Max Crosby is that guy. Yeah. He is that guy. And he also NFL. is no longer on crack. Also is not. <laughs> I'm just like, bro. They, they love telling that story every other game. I'm like, bro, at this point, take a shot every time you hear a story about Darren Waller recovering as an addict. Because 
Raiders. Trauma porn sells in the NFL. They finally stopped doing it during the draft. Now they just got to wait till the season. Oh, you know, just a great story. You know, his mother was a crackhead. You know, he was born in a dope house. Um, you know, he had to drink liquid crack for lunch and dinner. It's just an amazing story. Like, they just love doing that. They just can't help themselves. Who told you all of this? How did you find out all of this? And who told you all this willingly? And ex- and how exactly do you drink liquid crack? You know? The world may never know. Like, do you do it with a straw? Do you do it with a needle and a syringe? It's <laughs> like, you know? I don't know. Do you, get a, do you get a crazy straw? I feel like Richard Pryor would do something like that. You know, he was the crackhead for Hall of Hall. First team all crack American. I'm pretty sure he did do that. Yeah. <laughs> Him and James Brown. Um, but yeah, you know, so that's the AFC, you know, um, we're going to look at the NFC in the, in, in probably next week's episode or the episode after that. We have reached a very special portion of the show, but we're changing it up today. It's a special edition of Big Time Plays of the Day. It's a series of questions that I have for you, Jamal. We're doing this D1 Ignite University style. You know, you inspired me with our last episode. Y'all go check that out. You know, we are going to ask some questions because this week's Big Time Plays of the Day were just kind of, it just, it was a lot going on. Um, so obviously, like we said, the NFL season's coming up, but the week before the NFL even starts, we get college football. That first week is just loaded with games. You know, the first weekend of college football season is always like high action, high packed, you know, because it's Labor Day weekend. So they play games all the way through that Monday. I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of potential ass whoopings out there. Which one are you looking the most forward to? Well, let's let me go ahead and check and see some of these ass whoopings that are coming into play today. And it don't even just got to be this week. It could be any other week. Like for me, for example, you know, I, I know you're a Texas fan, which is why I'm doing this on purpose. I cannot I wait to week three. I cannot wait. Because Texas fans swear their back every year. Every you know, single year. You know what? I can't wait to play Bama too. Because look, all you all I'm asking out of Texas is put up a fight. Yes, I want them to win, but I'm like, look, I understand what it is. I understand what it's like. I just need you to look like you belong. So we can stop these stupid SEC, SEC chants. We get it. You're so in love with Bama's dominance. Well, but I got news for you, bro. What? Texas is going to be hearing that a lot starting in 2024. Don't don't remind me. Don't don't <laughs> remind me. You know, like I, you know, in case you forgot, like that's the other reason I need them to at least put up a fight because if this. Is you know, I mean, not like the rest of the SEC does. They just chant because, like we said, Bama's been carrying that damn conference. But just every every few years, the rest of the teams decide they want to play. But it's still Bama's conference, like clearly. Well, I'll tell you. And Georgia games, to a lesser extent. I'll tell you three games that I'm looking forward to. On Saturday, Saturday during the day, I'm looking forward to Oregon and Georgia 
just because I love seeing Georgia overrated as get beat. And, you know, it's always a spectacle wondering what uniform combo Oregon is going to wear every week. I need them to wear all black. I need them to wear all, those all black with the green numbers and the green O's. I need those. Bro, it's, it's still summer. It's hot. It ain't rocking all black. Well, no, they're probably playing in, like, Atlanta or somewhere. They're playing because, you know, the first weekend you always play in, like, a NFL stadium. True, 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 true. So, uh, the second the second game I, I'm really excited to see is Cincinnati and Arkansas. Again, anytime an SEC team can take an L, I'm going to love it, mm-hmm. especially with Cincy coming to the Big 12 in 2024. Mm-hmm. And, fun, and finally... The game we're all been waiting for, Ohio State and Notre Dame. Look, I like Notre Dame's head coach. I think he's a good coach. I, I can't knock that they have the first Asian starting quarterback in Notre Dame history. Those are likable guys. Nobody can like Notre Dame. They, they No one likes Notre Dame but Notre Dame fans. You know, there are people who are like, yeah, OU is okay. Yeah, Florida's alright. I'm not a fan. I ain't got nothing against them. If you either love or hate Notre Dame, there is no in-between. Right. And it's just, it's gonna be it's gonna be like, you know that other meme like with Wesley Snipes where he's crying while holding the gun up? Yep. That's gonna be me cheering for Marcus Freeman while hating for Notre Dame. That, that's really what it's gonna be like. <laughs> it's like, you know, every time they lose and it's like, oh, it's gonna come back on him. It's like, damn. You know, he, he ain't deserved that, but you know, it's Notre, Notre Dame. Dame got expectations. And speaking of Notre Dame, the ass whooping in the making that I'm looking forward to is their old head coach and his family down at LSU. We're going to talk about an ass whooping. I, I don't, I see, Florida State has fallen so far in the last five or six years. They were a national championship contender. When Jimbo Fisher and Jameis Winston were there. And then those, well, Jameis left first. And then, obviously, Jimbo a couple years later. And then they just completely just got wiped out. I don't know what happened. It's probably the curse of DeAndre Francois, if we're being honest. Um, yeah, facts. We, yeah. we will never forget DeAndre Francois getting dis- absolutely destroyed. I mean, I've never in my life seen a college quarterback take an ass whooping like that. Week in and week out. Florida schools, except for the U, I want you to know you are cursed. Florida, it is the curse of Felipe Franks. And Florida State, it is the curse of DeAndre Francois. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I say all that to say, I don't necessarily... I, I kind of dislike Mike Norvell for a lot of reasons. I just think he's not done anything at Florida State. And he's getting a longer leash than Willie Taggart got when he was there. But I don't dislike him as much as I hate Brian Kelly. <laughs> and, and let me tell you. Oh my goodness. It's going to be enjoyable to see that week one. Just I, I hope Florida State beats their asses. I just, I just really hope that they just put a number on them. And then go proceed to lose the rest of the games the rest of the regular season. Because that's, that's usually what happens. I just want this to be a stain on Brian Kelly's career, just to start off. <laughs> you know, like, and I like LSU. I just don't like Brian Kelly. I, just, I don't know what it is. It's just something about him. He is the most overrated head coach in the last ten years. That that is very fair. 
That is very fair because Notre Dame, just like Georgia, has done nothing but lose big games. Yeah, we get it. Georgia finally got over the hump. Yeah, after losing in the playoffs, I don't know how many times after losing in the SEC championship or I don't know how many times in the BCS era. Thus, overrated. I'm going to tell you what. If, if, if Ohio State would have lost 41-14 in the Big Ten title game, they would have dropped out of the top 25 completely. Absolutely. Georgia gets the rematch. Even though I wanted to see it, I ain't mad about it. <laughs> but they got the rematch. You but know? You already know that SEC bias goes a long way. They easily could have made Michigan number one. Instead, they kept them at number two, specifically so that Alabama and Georgia wouldn't have to play each other in the college football playoffs. Exactly. And look, Michigan, talk about overrated coaches in Harbaugh. Oh, Lord Jesus. Ten years to be Ohio State. Ohio State. Now, I don't know. I don't know how the hell you get this long a leash. And they get an extension. They gave them an extension. I don't know how the hell you get all that losing to your rival eight, nine times in a row. You lose to OU or you lose to Texas two two or three times in a row, you out of there. They're not even questioning it. You at Florida State or Florida lose to the other two or three times in a row, you are out of there. If Nick Saban loses to Auburn twice, two times, he might get put on the hot seat. Exactly. Especially in today's day and age. <laughs> it's like, bro, there is no way. Ten years of not even not even just losing to Ohio State. I'm talking getting your ass beat. Like, you don't even look like you belong on the same field as them. <laughs> you know? Like, and then you beat them one time and was talking dirty the whole summer. Clowning people in the Heisman. Talking about, oh, some people were born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Nigga, you got 10 years to beat them. You the one with the silver spoon. How? I don't know what kind of dirt you got on them, but it's got to be the same level of dirt Dave Dare Deck has on the MTV uh, execs. Because ain't mm-hmm. no way any coach stays in your position and loses that many games. Exactly. Ain't no way. At a prestigious school like Michigan? How? Well, the other thing too is they're about academics, so they actually care about stuff other than football. So, and that's probably the other excuse they'll get, you know, because there are certain quarterbacks that probably should be going to Michigan, but they probably don't got the grades. Probably can't read. Only thing they can read is a defense, because they damn sure can't read the, AB, the cat in the hat. You know. I mean, Ohio State, not exactly um, a lower-tier institution either, so I want to hear all that. Oh, no, I, I think you go there strictly for football. I don't think half of them people go to class. Remember Cardale Jones? We ain't forget. He said, he did say we don't. We didn't come to Ohio State to, to play school. <laughs> to play school. <laughs> but, yeah. And also, let's not forget who was his coach. The sleaziest man in all of football. Urban Meyer. Just a jackass. (laughs) Um, Speaking of jackasses. The the Texas A&M Alabama game is going to be must-see television. It's going to be must-see television. 
and not even for what the, the field itself, because we probably feel like Alabama is going to beat them pretty handily because they're angry that they lost them last year. And Jimbo Fisher been talking crazy, even though Nick Saban was talking crazy first. And then Jimbo was talking crazy, too. But Texas A&M, if we want to talk about overrated, how do they keep getting top 10 rankings every year? Oh, sir, sir, let, let me explain that one to you. <clears throat> Even with the SEC bias there. It's like, bro, how do you lose five games a year and continue to be ranked top five, six, seven, eight years? It's not, seven not eight. even the SEC. You're not from here, so you do not fully understand the depth of the A&M pocketbook. Right. There are only two or three programs in America who got A&M type money. Mm-hmm. Bamba, not even close. Not even close. Mi- Michigan, maybe. Oh, Miami? I say, uh, Miami, hell no. You don't think Miami oh, got my- Texas A&M pockets? Boy, no. Miami ain't got them oil pockets. We, If we talking yeah. programs that got A&M money, Ohio State probably, Texas obviously, Notre Dame, yes, they just don't care to use it. it. Everyone else it get real iffy. USC a private school, so they don't really got they got capital, but they ain't got A and M public Texas capital. I would Georgia a bit. Georgia maybe. Nah, Georgia not either. Not not Georgia either. There's there's only so many college football programs that turn a profit from their college sports. A and M is definitely one of them. And Texas A&M is, is definitely other. one of them. And Texas is probably the other. Oh, Texas, absolutely. They they have the biggest brand in college football. Whether they're good, bad, and different, whether you love them or hate them, they're the biggest brand. Period. Right, right. I just feel like Miami could probably compete just based off of the alum that come from Miami. Like, I mean, Stephen Ross, John Ruiz, Alex Rodriguez. Like, I mean, it's just people with deep pockets. Those are just and, and look, the ones I know. I don't even know about the boosters. Oh, and let me tell you this. Miami is a private university, meaning it ha- it doesn't have close to the numbers that A&M has. And A&M has oil money that goes back to Rockefeller. That's true. That's true. It has more money than we can comprehend. And speaking. They own the city that that they're in. Not just they're the only thing in. No, Texas A&M literally owns the land that is is College Station in Bryan, Texas. Right. And speaking of those deep pockets, one of the biggest and for whatever reason, the most controversial subjects in the college football world for the last several, for the last two or three years now has been name, image, and likeness deals. And I don't understand why it is such a big issue. Because when y'all were paying coaches to do nothing, it was no big deal. When coaches get these huge buyouts, ain't nobody talking about whether it's economically um, possible for this market to sustain itself and all this other bullshit that y'all trying to pull with the players. Oh, we're paying players to do nothing. Oh, and the coaches just do everything. The coaches are out there running on the field, making plays and tackling people. Like, shut the fuck up, respectfully. But we're not here to rant about coaches. We've done that for like several episodes. We are here because, Jamal, I got to ask you, as an ignorant connoisseur, what is the most ludicrous NIL deal that you could could, could think of one or having? Okay, 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 okay. So we talking about we getting real ignorant. 
Well, you don't even have to get it. But yeah, I figured that was down your alley. I mean, it's always down my alley to get ignorant. So here, here's what I'm proposing here. So first off, I want a deal with Nintendo. I want to be a main character in the next Pokemon game. I feel that. That's what I want. I want to be a main character in the next Pokemon game. And, 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 I want a, pl- I want a playable Smash Bros. character. I feel that. Now, the only thing with the Pokemon is, I feel like only black people should be allowed to play. Because something about white folks catching and trapping black Pokemon just don't sit right with me. Oh, get him! Get him, Jimbo! Get him! I just, I, I, I don't know. We, we've been down that road before. We, we have. We absolutely 100% have. And we're not done there. We're not there. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, so we're not done. Guys, Guys think I want these big bad food deals. Like I, I remember some dudes got raisin canes or something. Nah, 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 nah. I want your local chicken spot, your local barbecue place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm gonna tell them straight up, hey look, 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 you ain't got to pay me nothing. I just want the food. When I come in here and I bring a shoddy by, I want the red carpet rolled out for me. I want you to come in. Hi, Mr. Brown. It's nice. I want you to talk to me like I'm the owner. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to hype y'all restaurant up. I'm going to let everybody know this is the spot to come. And look, it ain't costing you no money. It's costing you a little bit of client. It's costing you a little bit of product. That's it. I feel that. I feel that. Now, down that line of thinking. I ain't even from the South. But let me tell you, I want a Waffle House deal. Facts. I want a Waffle These House deal. I'll be the spokesman for Waffle House. Look, we serve you food. We serve food and hands. We serve ass whoopings just as much as we serve these waffles. You know? It'd be a fight night commercial. You know? Show the real true spirit of Waffle House. Embodiment in my NIL deal. You know, plus the 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 special is good. The 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 Waffle House special, or whatever that jump that jump pretty good. So I'm, I'm here for that. All Star Special is the goat. All Star Special is the goat. Shout out to All Star Special. Now, I would also like an NIL deal with. I would say if I had to pick one, another one, um, probably with. I'd say Apple. Because I'm tired. I'm, I'm tired of my phone glitching every time a new one comes out. Just give me the new one. Give me the new one. You know? You know? MacBooks are overrated, but I'll, I'll still get one if you're paying me. <laughs> you know? I'm, I'm too anti-Apple. Like, yes, I own an iPhone, but that's the only Apple product I'm messing with. If I get that Apple deal, I'm going to say, look, give me the phone. I'll wear your watch. I'll use your headphones, but I ain't using your Macs. Yeah, I'm no, not using your, not use. And you know what? We talked about it on my show, but let, let me tell, let me say this real quick. I hate you people that refer to your MacBook as a MacBook. Just say your computer. It Just costs, say it costs your more laptop. money than a computer. I paid four hundred for my laptop. You know how much a MacBook would have cost me? Uh, four thousand. Not quite that much. Hell no, I ain't paying that much for no damn computer. 
I mean, $2,500, you might as well be both. I ain't paying that much. <laughs> I mean, $1,200 was too much. It would have been $1,200. I ain't paying $1,200 for a computer. That didn't even really, once I actually I got a MacBook at work, and or not work, but like the, the job that I had before ESPN, and, and once I was using the MacBook, I didn't like it at all. I'm like, bro, I got that job for free and couldn't stand it. Imagine if I paid $1,200 for, for one. <laughs> Hell no. Uh-uh. Just tw- you paying twelve hundred just for the computer. You got to pay another amount just to get other apps that you would have needed. So you paying twelve hundred just for having the appeal. But you actually, neither one of us are even thinking deep enough. I want that Disney bag. If I get an nil deal with Disney, give me that a Disney, Disney bag. bag is, that Disney bag is deeper than we can imagine. It's just deeper. Ask the boy that played Simba and Lion King. He's still getting royalties. It's been 25 years, and he's still it's getting worse. <laughs> I want that Disney bag. Now. Hey, I want to be in the next Star Wars. I want to be a Jedi. Exactly. Exactly. We ain't had a black Jedi yet. Yeah, we need one. Yeah, we have. We, we had Samuel Jackson. We had Samuel oh, Jackson. Oh, shoot. Yeah, no, I mean, but he wasn't the star of the show, though. We didn't, we didn't make, like, no. a series focusing on Windu. Hey, Disney Plus, you heard the man. Give us a Mace Windu story. Yeah, I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> you know? But while we're on the subject of NIL, this next segment, you played yourself. Dedicated to all the people that should have sat down and ate their food. But once again, this is a special edition that you played yourself. Because, look, we are talking about LSU's now former quarterback, Miles Brennan. A member of the first team all finesse king. He has retired from football, and because NIL deals are can't be based on your performance on the field, he keeps every damn cent of the NIL deals that he signed. And he signed all of them with, within the last year or so. He's, he hasn't played a game since he signed any of them. And he gets to keep it all. I mean, pending any like legal action against him or anything. But yeah, I gotta, and the reason I bring Miles Brennan up, Jamal, is because I gotta ask you. This segment is dedicated to all finessers. Who do you think belongs on the first team all finesse? Dear Lord. Um, first off, let's start off with Chandler Parsons. And if you're unfamiliar with Chandler Parsons, he had a good year with the Houston Rockets. I want to say eh, 2015, 2016, somewhere around there. He signed a very lucrative deal with the Dallas Mavericks. And I don't know how, I, I don't know how much it was worth. It was worth a lot. And this man played like hot garbage when he was not hurt. Oh my God, this man was stealing money. He graduated from Enron University. And that man was finessing the Dallas Mavericks so bad that they were able to draft Luka Doncic. It was, it was a damn shame. If we're, if we're going down the line of white NBA players who finesse people, Gordon Hayward, he has collected $200 million contracts in the last several years and ain't played a lick in either one of those two. What did he do in Boston? He got... Finished to Charlotte. That's how bad he was. But Michael Jordan still has to pay him. Michael Jordan paid him on purpose. He didn't have to sign him. It wasn't like he traded for him. He said, you know what? We could use you on this team and signed him. 
Michael Jordan, I don't know what his vision is. Because then he also brought back the old head coach that got fired two years ago. It's like, why? really, this is the best? I mean, I get it because it was last minute when Kenny Atkinson backed out. But really, that's the best you could do? We, we don't question Michael Jordan as uh, as an owner because we know he's ass at it. That That's why we can't question it. Uh, there's, oh, 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 oh. One of the biggest finessers in the last decade is uh, is a man by the name of Silento. If you do not remember Silento as a rapper, let me let me rephrase. Let me refresh your memory. Let, now watch me whip. Now watch me day day. Now watch me whip whip. This man finessed a whole summer of kids dancing off of songs that are not his. And he did it legally. He did all of this without a single original lyric nor dance move because every song had its own dance. Yeah, watch me whip, watch me nay nay, watch me bop, watch me duck. I think there was a dab in there. I'm like, bro, you you made a song, a collection of of dances that already exist. Like a sing-along. How, how he got it cleared through all his samples, I will never know. Nigga had but Hillary he Clinton. Legally, he ain't been sued. Just, that man deserves a finesse award, and he lived my dream of being a one-hit wonder. Exactly. But not even an original. At least Trinidad James made gold all in my chain. At least that was original. This nigga had a one-hit wonder of other one-hit wonders. He had a Frankenstein of one-hit wonders, and somehow it still worked. I don't know how. The Infinity why, Stone collection is. of one-hit wonders. Yeah. If we're going to stay in the realm of sports, I got to talk about Brian Hoyer. This man has been paid more times to be a backup in more places. He's collected three Super Bowl rings as the backup, putting his name on the project in New England, um, in Green Bay. In, I think, Indianapolis at one point. I saw him in Cleveland. I saw him in Pittsburgh. I'm like, bro, how does he keep... And he's still in the league. He's still in the league collecting checks. How is this man still doing it? How does he do it? Him, and I'm bringing up another one who's similar to him, is my man Chase Daniels. Chase Daniels is a DFW legend. Y'all guys wilder too. For his day. You might remember Chase Daniels for his uh, time at Missouri. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, this man has never done anything significant in the NFL, yet he's been there for over a decade. How? I don't know. You can't tell me you can't find other backup quarterbacks just as qualified as Chase Daniels, but he's still there. You know, Sam Bradford, he was one of the last rookies to come in before the new CBA where rookies couldn't make more than a certain amount. He was one of the last rookies to come in and he got like damn near $100 million as a rookie and has just collected money after money after money and stuck around for a long time before he finally was, I guess, forced into retirement because nobody would pick him up. You you know what? I'm not going to call Sam Bradford a finesser, mainly because, look, that, that Rams offensive line was so bad his first three years, them early years. He was running for his life and was not that athletic. Sam Bradford just got beat up. 
to the point he couldn't play no more. And you know what, damn it, if they gonna pay me for being a beat up backup quarterback, I'ma let them pay me for being a beat up backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. And speaking of which, this next segment ties right into this. Because the NCAA gotta be the biggest out of all the finessers. You know, fuck the NCAA as a staff record label and as a motherfucking crew. Because they have sti- they have stifled generations of predominantly black and brown men out of generational wealth. Because they just, for whatever reason, nig- you nigga would bite into a bagel that had cream cheese and jelly on it and they would slap the school with violations and erase him from the record books. So... Because but, it was a but, booster gave him a, a meal to eat one day. So technically, the average NCAA athlete breaks twelve rules a day simply because there's so many, they're so abstract and so minuscule that they don't know and nobody knows. Right. And when they finally opened that NIL Pandora box, I was one of the biggest cheerleaders. I'm like, fuck the NCAA. You know what? It came to the point that this week, this past week. The governor, governing board of the college football playoff made some early conversation about possibly removing college athletics from under NCAA guidance. I'm going to be one of the main people at the front row of the NCAA funeral. Just like that, that, that IG pic where the dude is like, I stopped by my biggest hater's funeral just to make sure he did. That's going to be me at the NCAA funeral. Because fuck them. Fuck Mark Emmerich. Just, it's like it's like I can't stand them, man. And and we talk about the NCAA as this super mega powerful entity. They are one building in Indianapolis, one building. Them, FIFA, all of them are in the same boat. They're just corrupt, just trash. The mafia. And, and we talk about black and brown men from generational wealth. Me. I'm not saying I was going to get a million dollar NIL deal, but they they kept me from getting something. My brother I, left school the year before NIL became a thing. Oh, I know he hurt. It's <laughs> like, bro, he and he was at the D3 level. God knows what kind of local deals he could have gotten. Imagine. Bro, the local car dealership, he could at least got some chicken. Raising cane, he something. He could at least got some local chicken local barbecues but he could have got some tires could have got some tires could have gotten a dealership something he was part of a team that won three consecutive CIAA championships like everybody on that team could have gotten something and look he he can't get no Lambo deal like B. John Robinson but look the, he can get a used forward focus he can get it exactly you know it's just it's like bro fuck the NCAA I can't wait I'm gonna be one of their biggest cheerleaders when they die. When that when that organization finally comes down to his knees, I will be there making sure to shove their head into the dirt. I'm pulling it's up like playing the Undertaker theme song. If it's like that thing that said, you know, you you can't never have enough haters. If you if you if you don't think you have enough haters, if the NCAA don't got enough haters, I gotta make sure I'm one of them. If they don't have any haters at all, it's because I die. If they net one hater left in the world, it's me. I gotta make sure the NCAA has one hater. I will always be a hater of the NCAA. It is that serious. I, I can't stand them people. And it's just so funny to see them trembling at the sight of black athletes in particular, but I mean white ones as well, but a lot of these schools are recruiting black athletes. To see 
them just trembling at the very idea of trying to tell players what they can and can't make in NIL. I just love it. I'm just loving it. Gotta love it. And speaking of things we gotta love, we're gonna take a detour for a second and speak to some more positivities this week. You know, well played, dedicated to the feel-good stories of the week. And one of the best stories I saw this week belonged to your hometown state of Texas, the Houston Astros, who usually... Most people don't like them, but they did some good things this week. Um, Alex Bregman, met, they, they were hosting survivors of the Uvalde shootings and their families, and Alex Bregman apparently met a young fan who asked him to hit a home run for her, and he did it. So, you know, shout out to Alex Bregman, shout out to the Astros for hosting the Uvalde families because Lord knows they could use something positive in such a difficult period of grievance and transition for them. So shout out to them angels in the outfield because they was they was in there helping with that home run. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. You know, just always love to see stories like that. And the WNBA. That's the second story. You know, they get enough negative press, but every now and then, you know, they do some good things. It's still, it's pretty, it's pretty solid product on the court in recent years in particular. I'm going to just tell you, I'm rooting hard for the Las Vegas Aces because Asia Wilson is my wife. I mean, favorite player. And she is also the first athlete to sign a um, advertised endorsement deal with Ruffles, the chip company. I was actually surprised that nobody else had done it. But she's the first. You know, it's always great like to be the first. I like Ruffles. And the Aces have pretty much been dominating all season long. Yeah. And I, I told people, they, they winning it all this year. If they don't win it this year, I'll be upset. Because they probably should have won it last year. But I think this is the year. Becky Hammond got them girls playing right. You know, and they, they loaded, bro. Asia Wilson might not even be the best player on her team anymore. <laughs> you know? Even though she Becky, clearly is. Becky came in Becky came in from the Spurs and said, Look, I coach with Pop. Ain't none of you girls good enough to be on Pop team. Right and I now. played in this shit too. I played sixteen years in this bitch. So we I'ma get you to pop level. Mm-hmm. What which one of y'all wanna be Tim Duncan? Put your hands down. I don't care. I mean Asia Asia the closest one. Honestly. Her style. Honestly, she played like him. You know, but like I said, that team is loaded with talent. You got Asia Wilson, you got Chelsea Gray, you have Kelsey Plum. You just couldn't look at all the teams. But I want to focus on Kelsey Plum for a minute because another feel good story of the week. She recently went viral on Twitter because there was a fan of the Aces with stage four cancer that was at the game and had a sign talking about she wanted to meet. I believe either Kelsey herself or just an Aces player in general. Kelsey retweeted the picture and asked if people could get her in contact with this woman. Or I believe it was a woman or... Yeah. And they were able to meet and she was able to get her fan side seats. You know, shout out to athletes that just want to make people's day. You know? You'd be surprised when people know your name and you don't know theirs what a handshake and a smile can really do to make somebody's day. And it don't cost you nothing. Not a thing. Not a thing. And speaking of not costing people nothing, we are going to end this with another 
set of questions. This is a special edition of Let's Play a Game. And I gotta tell you, Jamal, I showed you this video and I think you had seen it already, but it was just hilarious to me when I saw it. Old Miss and Lane Kiffin. Good old Lane Kiffin. Because college football, if this doesn't encapsulate the college experience, I don't know what does. The Ole Miss football team found their punter in a frat house at the keg, doing a keg kick leg stand or whatever at the keg. That is awesome. <laughs> you know, like in so many ways, it's awesome. I'm going to ask you, Jamal, if you were a head coach, because we always see the jokes about head coaches just finding random tall-ass niggas in the, in the hallway. If you were a, co a college head coach, where is the craziest place you would look to find some talent, find somebody to play for you. Would you go like in the old school movies and go up in the tavern and find the local drunk, or are you going deeper than that? Oh, absolutely. So I'm pulling up. First of all, I'm pulling up to all the college bars and looking at the bouncers and be like, "Hey, how old are you? You like fighting? You like fighting without going to jail? Bet O line or D line? I don't care. Pick one." Second, I'm going to the basketball team. I know they got an undersized center somewhere, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, 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 thinking he's going to be the next Charles Barkley. See, I'm going to tell him, look, son, you can either dunk on people or you can dunk on quarterbacks. Which one you want? I'm going to let you know. It's a lot. It's a lot easier to go to NFL than NBA. Just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there. Two, this is college. I'm going to every building and talking to the majors and seeing which one of y'all look like y'all gonna fail. Which one of these athletic, which one of these athletic motherfuckers look like they finna fail art class? Which one of y'all looks like you gonna fail your architecture class? Hey, you come play for me, you ain't gotta worry about class. What is class? What is education? You came here to play football. You major in football. Yeah, you were a student athlete. Athlete comes first. Athlete comes first. But yeah, speaking of the bouncers, you know, like a lot of bouncers were like former football players, especially like NFL players in particular. I find that hilarious too. And I don't even know if age matters in college. High school, yeah, but in college, all you need is five years of eligibility. Because remember the dude, remember the running back that was like 50 years old and became the oldest to ever play in a college game. He did. Hey, one of my old teammates, one of he was a tight end, became a bouncer at the bars after we stopped playing. It's like, oh, what's up, Kevin? Yeah, bounce, football players make the best. Bouncers be the first place. If, if you're looking for old line help, that's the first place I go. To the club. Facts. Or find one of these celebrity bodyguards. Yeah. Because I know Chris Brown ain't paying you well enough to beat these niggas' asses on stage. You know? Come over here and do it. You can get a family. We can get people who want to feed you. Mm -hmm. And who want to cheer for you doing it. You, you, you would be a hero for tossing that nigga out the club. As opposed to being a villain. And you, you know, know what? You get to do it every week. Opposed to every month. I feel that. I feel that. Now me. Yeah. Bouncers. I feel like, uh, you know, you go to... You know, if you want to find a quarterback, you go to a car mechanic, you know, because they they, they they know all about putting things together and fixing shit, you know, or aerodynamic engineers and stuff, you know. Um, yeah, you know, probably probably frat house, you know, for, for 
you know, I, I just that seems like a very interesting place. Kickers are always some of the swaggiest people. People just don't be knowing for real. It's crazy. Kickers are kickers will instantly become your best friend on the team. But like they just be chilling. They they, they don't, don't be do doing nothing. nothing they understand person. their job. They understand their role. They're just like look, and no one will help pick you up more than a kicker. Mm-hmm. Because they're they're just that people. They're like, look, I understand this is important. You got this. It'll be okay, bro. It's just a game. And for someone who doesn't take their their game or their life that serious, it kind of makes you feel better. Like you know what, I can live through this. I'm gonna get through this. Right. And we've gotten through another episode of the Play by Play Analysis podcast. We have made it to the end. Shout out to Jamal and the D1 Ignite University connection. It's been real, bro. And look, if you want a place to come look for talent, come on over to D1 Ignite University. We recruit what's good. And we throw hands before every game. We do that just because it's Tuesday. Just because it's Tuesday. Toss them out Tuesday out here. But yeah, play-by-play analysis podcast. It's your boy Devin Ashby, SKA Play-by-play. If you know, you know. If you don't know, don't worry about it. And we got to get up out of here. I'm going to see y'all when I see y'all. Deuces. And we out.